1: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This
0: is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. I'm Stan Winka I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy
2: Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. I am Catherine Whitaker, and I'm joined for one week only by our Andy Murray live correspondent, David Law. You've got a different hat on every week, David.
2: Uh, I have, yes. I, I, I hot-footed it up to Glasgow uh, for one night only to watch uh, the return of Andy Murray uh, against Roger Federer. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very... It was very nice to see him back on court. I, I didn't expect to really be that bothered. I mean, I, I don't mean to that sound bad, but, you know, it, it, it did occur to me when I got there that, Cracker, we've not seen this guy for four or five months on on a tennis court, and it, and it had become increasingly a concern for me, I must say, as to whether we... Not that we ever would, but certainly that he would he ever be the same again, and, and, and he might not, but he looked a heck of a lot better than I expected him to. And he was throwing himself around the court and uh, looked in much better spirits and physical fitness than I expected him to. So we got that to talk about and lots more.
1: So, what wildly overreaching conclusions can you draw about Andy Murray's? physical mental emotional financial everything well-being because pretty much every british tennis slash sports journalist was up there for andy murray live the, the the name of which incidentally i think it's a fantastic event and i think um roger federer supporting it this year is huge really huge can you i mean roger Federer has never played in scotland before that's a big deal for for a lot of people there will have That will be their one and only chance to see Roger Federer play live. And I think that's a really special, wonderful thing. But I I do chuckle to myself every time I hear the name. It sounds like he's going to do stand-up comedy or something, Andy Murray Live, don't you think? (laughs)
2: I, yeah, I, th- I think it's quite a good name, actually. I think it, it really uh, brought it home to everybody that yeah, you get to see this bloke in person, and not everybody
1: <laughs> funny that up
2: there has had that ch- had the chance to do that. But um, incidentally, I, I don't think you have got too much to worry about in terms of his financial well-being. I think that 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 bit's pretty much sorted. Okay, uh, the so rest- that's
1: covered. Emotional. He's had a, he, 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 he. Well, well, that that's a, an extra aspect to it all. Kim had actually given birth. His wife Kim had given birth. To their second daughter. Congratulations to uh, to both. Uh, a few days before, um, but they had uh, kept that quiet until after Andy Murray live the stand up show, and they did a very good job uh, of keeping that quiet. Did were, did people know and were going along with the vow of silence, or was there collusion? Or did 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 people? When I say people, I mean you know, the the journalists. Or, or did they genuinely not know?
2: I'm not sure about the journalists uh, as a pack or, or individually. I, pack. I mean, I can tell you for now that that it had been well over a week before because I knew well over a week before and, uh, oh. and I wasn't saying anything to anybody. Oh, um, did you now? Yeah, I I can uh, confirm
1: that David didn't even say anything to me. Who Who do you get your gossip from?
2: I'm not telling you. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anybody, but uh, anyway, I, yeah, that was the case. Um, but I don't know that that's that's news that that only, as far as I'm concerned, only the people that uh, are the parents of the of the kid have the right to to reveal. Of course, so, but uh, it is yeah, quite impressive. Of course, I was going to but tell it, anybody about it. It
1: is quite impressive in this day and age to be able to keep. You know, it only takes one um orderly at the hospital doesn't it to to tweet something or mention something to their, their loose-lipped mate for it to become public it yeah. really doesn't take much at all so I do find it quite impressive if they uh, had been able to keep it quiet um for a week I think yeah good on them no, and exactly. uh yeah good on him for doing such a cracking and undistracted job at uh, at andy murray live which did feature although there wasn't any um stand-up comedy from andy himself it did feature some uh more jovial moments, shall we say, some David?
2: High jinks, yes. Some high jinks. Wow. Because, uh, because uh, uh, yeah, Roger Federer put on a kilt. I'm sure you've all seen the pictures. He was hitting forehands and backhands and serving and volleying it for a game and a half. Uh, he then presented Andy Murray with a wig and a tartan hat uh, that had been none. Of, none of this was it preplanned. None of this it. This was yeah, well. The, certainly, the latter it looked like Roger Federer had been to some local tat. Uh, stall and uh, and and bought it and handed it to Andy Murray and made him wear it. But I mean that you know I mean look, it was a it was a really well run event. I mean what an amazing venue. First of all, the Hydro in Glasgow uh, holds well over ten thousand people and and is it it has that theater feel and yet it's huge it it was it was a special arena that was and i'd I'd, you know it would be an amazing place to host a, a big event if they could ever figure it out a way to do it um but the 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 feel of the place, when the two players were, were introduced onto the court, there's obvious excitement when it, wherever Federer gets introduced, he's such a global star uh, and, and much loved. But when Murray came onto the court, obviously in Scotland it's at its absolute fever pitch, but it was it went through you it made you shudder the the noise in that stadium and and people couldn't control themselves throughout the match shouting out the, things that they'd obviously been saving up for the last 12 years watching him on the telly um to shout in the direction of Andy Murray um but in terms of the way he was on the court i just i'm so, I, I got so accustomed over queens and at wimbledon to that look of just confusion as to as to as to what's going on in his body and and doubt and not feeling himself um he, he was still doing that slightly shuffling awkward walk um but when he was running around the court and I can only say this from a, my vantage point courtside as a layperson because I'm not a, a player or a physio or anything like that but he didn't look in any discomfort he wasn't wincing he didn't look full of doubt he, he was maybe a little more circumspect as he was running for balls but uh, this is that would be expected. I, I know other people that watched it felt less optimistic. I know Andrew Castle was one, um, and maybe he's right and maybe I'm wrong, but certainly I thought he would be a lot less comfortable looking than he was. So that that bodes well, doesn't it? Because he's hoping to come back properly in January in Brisbane,
1: yeah. In terms of what he said to the uh assemble, assembled press pack, he certainly didn't absolutely commit to coming back uh, in Australia in January, did he? He he said that's his intention, but he certainly wouldn't be risking coming back unless he feels 100% sure uh, that his body is as right as it's going to be. I, I deliberately uh, don't use the word his body's 100% or that his body's completely right because I, I get the impression that that's not what's being uh, aim towards that this is a a injury management situation or uh rather than a, an injury cure situation um but yeah, he certainly didn't absolutely commit and say yep everything's gone to plan i'll definitely be uh in brisbane which is not helpful to all those journalists <laughs> who were wondering whether or not to uh to book a flight out to Brisbane or not but but um, no
2: surprise no surprise we, we you know we, we didn't uh, I think anybody who's covered or listened to Andy Murray over the years you, you don't get categorics and he I don't think he knows anywhere I don't think he's he is 100% sure he won't know for the next few weeks but he is no and
1: he, he also said um what what I was going to point out he also said that that the venture to try and play the US Open, the venture over to, to the States, the, the practice sessions to, to try and get fit for New York were a mistake in hindsight. So so that realization as well will add to his, his caution regarding his, his next yeah. comeback.
2: I think that's a very good yeah. I think it's a fair point, isn't it? But uh, anyway, I I, I was in, in, enthused on his behalf, and uh, and and it was just a, it was a great night, and they, I think they raised over half a million pounds, and and that's, they seemed that's to get a on, lot of money. They, they got along yeah, famously, did Federer and Murray. It seemed like a really great collaboration, and and so good for them.
1: Good for them. David Law is enthused, so all is right with the world. For Are you, David? In enthused by the next gen atp finals
2: well you see they've just there, reached the, the semi-finals, semifinals stage haven't they? they it's Borna a against andre rublev and hyun chung against daniel medvedev in tonight's semi-finals as we talk to you on friday afternoon um I mean, you're asking me about the setup and the feel and all those rule changes that they've yeah, employed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go I, through I, the
1: rule changes one by one, and we're going to discuss our assessment <laughs> of those. So, what I'm asking for preliminarily, David, is your more general assessment of the hashtag Next Gen ATP Finals. In well, I, I
2: I watched. I've only really watched Draw ceremony a, aside. a couple of matches properly. I watched I watched one last night. Um, uh, a proper five-setter where Borna Cioric came from behind to beat Karen Hatchinov. And it was my first real opportunity to sit down and just watch it properly. and And I thought... I thought there was a, a lot I enjoyed about it. I thought that the atmosphere seemed a bit flat, uh, flatter than I expected in a way. I think part of that is, you know, it's a new event. It wasn't a, pa- a completely packed house. And and I do think that there is still some this, this inevitable confusion with the rules. And plus, these, these are not household names. It's difficult for, for people to really dial in in perhaps quite the same way. But I think the I think the venture is an excellent one. I think I think it's the right thing to do uh, that the, the ATP has done to, to stage this event. And for all the reasons that they've staged it, I, I like the idea of it. Um, and I have varying views on, on all the, the rule changes. What did you think? You've been watching it all week.
1: Yeah, I've done a couple of days of uh, commentary for ATP radio. I've probably watched uh, a little bit more than you but I don't think it takes too long to sort of get a get a feel of of what it's all about um my feeling is is the same it's not a perfect event I'm glad it exists is the bottom line I'm glad they've done it I'm glad it exists I think it's been by and large enough of a success that they'll they'll look to do it again obviously you know it's come about as a result of having this sort of Exciting, easily marketable crop of young players, and and that won't necessarily be the case. In it will probably be okay in a, in a year's time. You know, Shapovalov's only eighteen, but um, whether that will be the case in two or three years' time, I I, I don't know. But I, I'm glad it exists. I, in general, my feelings are a lot more positive about the non-scoring based changes than they the, than they are about. The, I'm not keen on the scoring that they're adopting but there are lots of other aspects of the experimental uh, features that they're trying that i am a huge fan of uh should we go through them david
2: yes we sh- we should and, and 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 if you don't mind i'll just insert the the pole vault results for each one of them as we go along because i've well done i very much do mind
1: but one. i can only assume you'll do it in a, in a seamless and inoffensive way as is possible, I'm going to try okay. not to annoy you. Right then, no lets, no service lets. What do we think, David?
2: Yeah, I I would probably do do that. Uh, I think I said last week that I would that I think that it's sensible to to get rid of lets on serve. I don't think in the match that I saw that, that that there were any. So it was slightly difficult for me to judge. I mean, the, the, that's that's one of those that split the reaction. 40, 48% like it, 52% don't. There's been about 700 votes for each one of these. But um, yeah, what do you think?
1: I think it's one of the ones that people feel less strongly about. Whichever side of the argument you come down on, I do, you know, it's not going to fundamentally change the complexion of tennis either way, is it? Um I, would, I just about come down on the side of, of yes, do it. Um, but I don't feel particularly strongly about it. And I do think it's going to take quite a long process of adjustment. I've seen a few of them um, in the matches uh, that I've commentated. And there definitely is a split second uh, where, the, where the players have to remind themselves that that the point is, is in play and it's not going to be uh, another first serve. So I think that one... Uh, could take a bit of an adjustment process but on balance probably yeah why i not?
2: I have to say though I do feel that if a match came down to a let cord ace on you know to win a title i, I I'm not sure that would feel particularly satisfactory um, Is, I
1: mean but wh- did it feel satisfactory when Hawkeye stomped all over? The winning moments of Federer and Muguruza, the Australian and Wimbledon Open. Well, it's not the no, Wimbledon but at least Open. it's not that, blind that luck that's intervening, but, is
2: it?
1: But, how, but, uh, but, how, but you could still have a tournament decided by a net cord. You could have a, a shot dribble over on the net cord. So why is it different to happening on the serve?
2: Well, only in the, that it's a single shot, but, you know, effectively... Right. I, I think I think that's that that a
1: distinction right. that, that's bigger in your head than it is in reality, David.
2: OK. All right. Well, I don't have a massive objection to it, so I'll allow it. Ooh,
1: OK. Right then. First two, four games over best of five. Can I go first? Because I hate it.
2: <laughs> you just have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I really don't like it at all. That's what? my least favourite of it. Um, actually no my least favourite is the sudden death juice um, I it's it, I see exactly what they've tried to do and I think the upsides of it have come off but I just think the downsides are so huge first and foremost I think that particular rule scoring format is, is largely responsible for the flat atmosphere I don't think people know that it, it was kind of engineered to create a feeling of you know every point counts every every game counts there's no sort of lull in the middle of a game but actually I think that the the cadence of tennis there's something really beautiful about it the the way that you know, there will there could be a few games in the, in the middle of a, a, a set in a, in a particularly competitive match where you just know it's going to go with serve and you're building and building and building towards the the inevitable and hugely anticipated climax. And you don't get that here. I don't think people know sort of when to get excited and when to build anticipation and, and, and when not to. I think it, it could be be a case of people need to adjust and get used to it but for me it just yeah I, I love the building I love, I just think tennis scoring is a thing of absolute beauty and um, the upsides don't justify messing with it for me.
2: Yeah I, I do think that there is a possibility as you mentioned, alluded to there that, that the fact that we're just not used to it that it feels weird um, but at the same time I I ultimately share your view. I actually thought it was it was a perfect illustration of it working quite well last night when Chorich was two sets to love down and came back and won in in five of those things. But and 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 I spoke to Stephen Farrow, the Queens Tournament director, who was over there for the day to, to sample it, and and he he liked the fact that he he felt that immediately points matter in each set, which which I also take that point. He felt that that, that it was energized in that way. Personally. I I would pro- probably prefer to do two two full sets and a and a champions tie break if if you're going to go for a shortened version of the sports in that way, um and and it yeah I I didn't particularly like that staccato feel.
1: Uh, shall I move on without a pole vault or Would you like to tell me? Oh yeah, me just many,
2: ju- yeah, just very quickly to back up well, your view. Eighty nine percent don't like it. Only eleven percent. Oh, I'm, do.
1: I'm glad I asked. <laughs> right then, wow, that's. That's about as high as a pole vault gets, isn't it?
2: In well, terms there's, of, that's a, there's a couple as, like that's that. That's about as much say. of
1: a landslide. Uh, so no ad games then, is that as much of a landslide? Because similar, I really similar. don't like
2: it. 88% don't like that either. And, and I yeah. and look, we talked about it last week and said we don't, don't like the idea of it and, and I, I still feel the same.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, precisely. I think um, that's one of the few actually where I feel exactly the way I expected to feel. About it, um, and my feelings haven't changed. So, see previous podcast for Whitaker and Law assessment of No Ad Games uh, headset coaching. David,
2: I loved it. I mean, and I I, so, I, 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 I so didn't expect to feel like that. I mean, I thought it would be good. No, I thought, as you know, I like I've liked on court coaching in the past, um, but I, I liked this a lot more. And there's a couple of reasons why. One is. I mean, I, I think it's it doesn't feel quite right what they're doing, saying to coaches, you you know, we want you to speak in English. That feels sl- slightly one-eyed and little Englander, or or you know, totally dominated by the Western world. But at the same time, it, it did make for a compelling television experience in that regard. I still would prefer. A subtitle system so that people can do what they want um, and 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 be but be understood by us as viewers. But what I loved about it, and and I'm, and maybe I'm just maybe it was just this example of a match that I saw last night with Chorich and and Hachinov. The fact that they they weren't in the players' faces, kneeling in front of them. Meant that you got a conversation that I that you wouldn't necessarily get. In my opinion, I think you work harder when you're on the telephone a lot of the time than you do when you're in front of somebody. Body language is not as instructive in terms of tactics, etc. It's it's too easy to sulk in front of in front of somebody's face when Chorich was having a chat with his coach and when Hachinov had a chat with his coach you got proper analysis proper strategizing I mean you got some some silliness the other day with Shapovalov and his coach talking about the the price of coffee in uh, in Milan which was it's quite funny um but I just feel like you are getting added extra uh with this system and I, I absolutely loved headset coaching and I, and I think that they should just bring it in immediately.
1: Yeah, I think it is absolutely essential if it is to be implemented uh, on a wider scale, which it absolutely should be. We've decided, David, uh, and our our uh, instructions should be heeded. I think it is essential um, that translation uh, be made available. I don't think it's okay <laughs> to make to uh, an Italian player and coach speak in English. I, I share your discomfort with that. Equally, as a broadcaster I you know I was pleased because it provided such an insight but I I think in principle that's not really okay but the heads it being via headset rather than with the coach physically on the court and it having to be picked up by sort of weird radio mics that they've got tucked into their jogging bottoms it makes translation a lot more possible and feasible in, in a seamless way so I think that's important but look I loved it. The exchange between Shapovalov and um, Laurendo, his coach yesterday, I loved that. My brother uh, texted me at the time and said that exchange just in itself had single-handedly converted him to headset coaching. Uh, and he was very much opposed before that. Uh, he did then revert back to his previous Feelings, but he 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 said it, that there's he thought there was an added layer of interest with the young players because they're a psychological work in progress, and I thought that was a an interesting spin. It on is. It. I, but, I have to
2: say that the 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 Shapovalov bit was probably the bit that I I preferred it when it was real. I mean, although it shared a good side of his personality, I, I, I mean, they, they were fooling around. And
1: it, Hang on, it was real, though. It was real. It wasn't like, I don't know if you heard, you know, Zverev uh, flew in and did some waving on, on Tuesday and uh, uh, played an exhibition match with uh, Stefano Tsitsipas to show his support for the next-gen finals. And he put the headset on, and he had Marcelo Mello there as his quote-unquote coach. And that really was a uh, a taking the P uh, exchange, and I found that a bit annoying. But I, I think the one between Shapovalov and Lauren Day yesterday, they'd they'd done the technical chat, and then you know he was trying to keep him loose. He was trying to keep mm. him.
2: Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah. Loosed which is which relaxed. I always say about Kyrgios, don't he, I? He, because saying. because the the, the the advice was it, it was really refreshing. Actually, the advice he said this is a great match. What he said this is the match of the tournament so far. Enjoy you you love competing. Enjoy the contest. Enjoy playing tennis like this. And so I think that that relaxed chit chat was was part of it.
2: Yeah, I missed you know. that. Miss that bit. Uh, I, I, one bit I liked was when, when Hatchinov was, was struggling and it went two sets all and Galo Blanco just said, you're tired, aren't you? And he said, yeah, I am. And it was just such an insight into what yeah. he was going through and then the, the attempts to try to energise him. And, and I did think, you know, good on you, Galo Blanco. I mean, he speaks decent English anyway. But well, hang, the hang on. Did, is... did, you,
1: did you see, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, David, but did, did, you, did you see the exchange between Hatchinov and Galo Blanco on day one when Hatchinov was playing his good friend? Uh, Daniil Medvedev. No, when Galo Blanco was just basically throwing massive shade on Medvedev, he was saying you can't lose to this guy. <laughs> He's rubbish. Basically, wow. he was That's saying, cool. yeah, you're you're look at him. You are such a better, more complete player than him. You 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 shouldn't be losing to him. It w- it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. You know, Jan Michael Gamble... Um, we had no headset discussion with poor Jared Donaldson who looked like he was overwhelmed by the whole occasion frankly I felt really sorry for him uh, throughout the week um, really didn't look like he could relax and enjoy it at all but Jan Michael Gamble had said very clearly he, he doesn't believe in it he believes in the problem-solving element of coaching and as far as he's concerned Jared is out there on his own and and I sort of felt like he was at a bit of a disadvantage because of that I felt like you know some encouraging words from Jan Michael Gamble might not have gone amiss at certain stages well, but, uh, but then that's may, a tactic in itself you know whether may, or not may, they choose may be to Maybe in use a
2: short term um, situation well may, it certainly probably did do him a disadvantage but I suppose the view is that when you get to the Australian Open you, you don't have that so you know, until until they do, then then it's True. almost self-defeating.
1: And Jared Donaldson, as we discussed last week, is all about the long term, isn't he? He's, he's such a level-headed... He's about the slow and steady progress uh, yeah. to reach his goals. So, uh, yeah, as anyways, much as I you, felt for him this The, week, the
2: pole yeah. vault view on uh, headset coaching was that 49% like it and 51% don't. So, you know, that's not that's not bad. It started Ooh. off with with many more liking it than not, but but... Anyway, I, I'm sold.
1: I'm sold as well. I'll choose to ignore that pole vault. The the, <laughs> the, the the other issue with it is that although it's great for us commentators, reporters, it, it, it might not be so great for broadcasters because you can't take your eyes off it. To go to an ad break when there's coaching happening is doing a complete disservice to your viewer. But then when do you stick the ad breaks in?
2: Well, you have got to turn it around, haven't you? You have got to play the. the I know best that's bits. what they
1: do on the WTA, but I, I don't know. I would feel annoyed if I if I were watching tennis and I and I saw Denis Shapovalov reach for the headset and then it cut to an ad break. That would okay. annoy me. Right, anyway, well,
2: we'll, sorry, ad breaks. You can't come on because Catherine wants to hear the chat.
1: Yeah, on court shot clock.
2: Well, I mean, they, you know, it's just a no-brainer, isn't it? Well, why, would, yes. why would you not do that? It's 25 seconds. It shows everybody in the whole place how long the players have got. The players don't then abuse it. The umpire can't let them off and, and, and has got every reason to, to show the player why they've got a crack on. I mean, there's just no reason not to do it. And and 75% of our uh, pole vault voters... Agree with us, so uh, yeah, it it's,
1: it's an absolute no brainer. This isn't even a rule change. it's just actual consistent implementation of that, an existing it's gonna, rule
2: it's going to happen uh, and yeah. um the The Times has, has reported today that that the slams are meeting, and that will be on the agenda as will um the, the headset coaching the
1: headset coaching headset well, coaching
2: well i th- i think i think certainly an on court coaching discussion is going to be had i think that, that that and and i think that they may well resolve to to have different different uh, systems at each tournament you know not i don't necessarily think wimbledon will do on court coaching or headset coaching but maybe the us open will so, it's funny you know
1: that, that chris Kermode, uh ceo of the atp um has has been very open with his dislike in principle of on-court coaching and he was ho- he he openly said he was hoping <laughs> that that particular innovation was was one of the ones that people were less keen on <laughs> so he's he potentially facing a, a a quandary now
2: but that's another reason why he does a good job at this sort of thing because he just yeah. throws it open he puts on an event and he says right well let's try it all out my view is i don't like it but Let's find out what everybody else but is viewing. the tennis
1: podcast view is that they do, so we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye for all lines, David.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that was absolutely 50-50 in the votes. 744 people. I mean, you can still vote, by the way. There's about another 10 hours to go. But I I thought it worked well in the match that I saw. I just don't like not having human beings on the court in the way I'm used to. And maybe it's just me being an old stick in the mud. I, I don't like... Not having those people out there, and and I also think that it's important for 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 bringing through the next era and generation of chair umpires that they come from line judges. Um, I, I'd rather they kept it as it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't feel as strongly about it as as I thought I might. It's it certainly, in terms of the technology, it worked seamlessly. From what I could tell, I was very impressed with with the implementation of it. On balance, I would rather have line judges. I like seeing the human beings. Um, I I, I felt it was a little bit soulless. However, um, I suddenly realised the possibility for, you know, the the voice. I hadn't realised that there would be sort of one voice. Can you imagine if, like, you could get Ian McKellen to record... The, the call of out and fault in the voice of Gandalf. <laughs> you could have Gandalf the Grey calling yeah. lines. Or like why you, could you get Brian Blessed, when, who well, we know will do an answer machine message for a grand. So
2: As as will the tennis podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: so what, I, I suddenly rea- rea- realised those possibilities. Yeah, why I mean, you, I'm being well, silly. Yeah,
2: but why of. would you do it when you've got Kaida Nooney just on tap?
1: Because it's, it's Gandalf the Grey, David.
2: Yeah, but it's Kaida Nooney. Nice. And he's got the the greatest voice in the world. Yeah, Gandalf the Grey. Uh,
1: each match starting five minutes after players come onto court.
2: I like it, personally. Just get rid of the faff. 71% think it's just the right amount. 11% think it should be less. 18% think it should be more. I think just about right. What do you think?
1: I think reducing it is a good thing. I think it's a fudge. I think either you have a warm-up or you don't. I I I think the tennis warm-up is a total oddity and I would scrap it tomorrow. Um, But yeah, the the less faffing, the better. So reducing it a bit is is solving part of the problem for me.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, yeah, effectively I agree with you. I'd need to watch more of these matches. I also need to watch them back to back. A couple of people did point out that if you... I suppose it depends if you have a built-in period between matches because people do need time to go and go to the bathroom etc um but maybe you just build in a little bit of time between matches having them out there and that big build-up and then nothing for five ten minutes is is a bit frustrating but anyway
1: uh finally fans moving around and talking during play which i don't actually uh, maybe it felt different in the stadium but i didn't feel like the, the the evidence of that was particularly if you didn't know that that was a rule being implemented i don't Think that you would have been aware of it?
2: No, I and I think that I think mainly tennis crowds. Their default position is not to not to talk all the time during during points. I think that they might not have been being told to be quiet, please. But I think that people, yeah, they want to watch the tennis most of the time. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't even notice that 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 was a rule really, unless I'd known about it before.
1: So on balance david i think we're broadly more pro than than against but our feelings about the rule changes that have been thrown at the wall are nuanced
2: yeah which i think i think i'd have expected them to be and and mostly the the only one that's really caused me a surprise is the headset one I, i thought i would think it was good but i didn't think i'd care any more than on court coaching and i do
1: yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I, I care about headset coaching. It's my new, it's my new thing. Um, right then, shall we talk about a, an, another set of ATP finals that will Why be don't we? kicking off on Sunday? The draw has been done. Uh, it involved uh, Boris Becker, who was only an hour late, David. So. <laughs>
2: Yes, he, he good, arrived, good
1: week. Good week for ATP draw ceremonies.
2: Arrived at the Radio Two studios uh, an hour and a bit late, um, but any, anyway, it's they all got right it because in,
1: radio radio doesn't run to any kind of schedule at all. So they got it just
2: in, in time before the show actually finished transmission. Um, but anyway, it is the biggest audience in in Britain, so I can understand why they would have wanted to go on it, um, and uh, and it revealed. Uh, two groups, incidentally, named the Pete Sampras Group and the Boris Becker Group in honour of the 1996 final, which uh, I don't know whether you had a chance to see the four-minute video I sent to you a couple of hours ago uh, of highlights of their final in Hanover, those two, and it is just mesmerising tennis. Two single-handed backhands, all this big game, serve and volley tennis going head to head and becker in his backyard sampras coming in and beating him in the fifth set it's just one of the great matches and uh and yeah so the 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 groups have been named after those two uh in sampras's group is nadal dimitrov team and Goffan, and then becker's group has federer zverev Chilich, and sock um and I suppose the big question mark really is Nadal's fitness, isn't it? Um, which he seems to be pretty positive about, or at least has, has said he's done all the right things and he's hoping to be 100%. Incidentally, uh, it does appear, or at least I, I haven't heard this officially said, but it feels as though he has been given a Monday night start to give him absolutely as much time as he possibly can have to be fully fit.
1: Yeah, he certainly was smiling throughout the uh, the launch party yesterday evening I mean he, he he doesn't tend to disguise the way he's feeling Rafa Nadal um, he has been doing his pre-tournament press as we've been speaking so I have been monitoring Twitter to see uh, if any uh, assessments of his fitness have been coming out of that and I haven't seen anything much which suggests to me that he's optimistic I think I think he's going to be fine I think he's I really think he's going to be fine. He's not my pick to win it. Um because this court this court belongs to Roger Federer. Uh, I think Federer has to be the favorite on on this court. You know, Rafa's has never won a tour finals. I think that will stoke up his motivation big time. I think he's desperate to win one. Uh and I think having the year in number 1 secured removes a bit of pressure that he might have placed on his own shoulders do you think one year they'll have a, a Nikolai Davidenko group and whoever he beat in the fight was it Del Potro he beat in the fight do you think, think there'll it, be a, was, yeah. a Davidenko and Del Potro group Yeah, no I
2: think that's relatively unlikely uh, but but you never know uh, but I, on, on the subject of Nadal I actually think that I, I, I tend to agree I think given that he's already year-end number one, guaranteed, given that he's had a fantastic year, given how much he wants to be fresh next year, I don't think he would risk it if he wasn't feeling pretty confident that he was going to be fit, because he's not going to want to get embarrassed, is he, um, by by any of these guys, specifically, and particularly Federer, I'm sure, no. in the final. Um, no. So, you know, I, th- I think I think he probably would have pulled out if he if he didn't feel relatively confident so uh incidentally the uh the doubles draws her, her groups have been named after woodbridge and woodford and uh, elting and harhouse and yeah, I so, love that. Yeah, that's nice as well and uh yeah t- teams like murray and suarez and the Bryan brothers have been drawn in together um which which uh, you know it's a cracking i mean it's only a couple of matches for a, for a session but it's enough isn't it it's it's a really it's a really good ticket
1: uh, so who's coming through the groups then, David? Let's cut to the chase.
2: Oh, well, so I Pete would Sampras group:
1: Nadal, Dimitrov, team Goffin.
2: I will go with Nadal and Dimitrov out of there. I think. Um, yeah, me and too. And then I will go with Federer, Zverev or Chilic, Zverev or Chilich. I will go for Federer and Chilich. Do
1: you think they'll hold back the Federer Zverev match to Thursday? Do you think that will be? The final group stage match, and they'll be hoping that that will be to decide the winner of the group.
2: Well, they they don't do it like that, do they? They they have the first match, and then the two winners play one another. That's how it works in within the group. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I and always then, thought it was so, potluck. No, no, they have the two winners playing each other, so that then the third one can has the best chance of being live uh, and ah, still relevant. Oh, well, that
1: makes great sense.
2: Who'd have thought it? <laughs> Right there, you go. Yeah, Catherine's only been watching entirely, the World Tour finals for twenty that's, years, and now it's
1: entirely logical. Oh, that's great! It's lovely when things are logical. Uh, so you're going Federer, and who?
2: I'm going to go Chilich.
1: Federer and Chilich, and then who? Who's, who's in the final?
2: Right. Well, uh, I mean, let's just be boring and say Federer and Nadal. Federer to win it.
1: Oh, David. A big, big question for you: Is Dimitrov going to finally? get a win over nadal this year no no oh sorry
2: what
1: do you think go on oh i i'm done i'm done with making dimitrov based predictions david
2: yeah so what are you gonna go
1: for probably not (laughs) probably not no but there is but he has got so close so many times, has not he? Your two and I do players, think Catherine, the court will group. suit him. I'm going to go for Federer and Zverev and Nadal and Dimitrov. Yeah, Federer, Zverev, and Nadal, be. Dimitrov, Federer, and Nadal.
2: And Federer will win it. And Federer will win it. Right there we
0: are. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
2: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. A
1: couple of bits of any other business, the Stefan Edberg Sportsmanship Award. I'd give it to Del Potro, David.
2: Yeah, well, it's already been given to Roger Federer. Um, Hang on a second, has it? Yes, it has. And uh, you obviously e- haven't you been sure, monitoring e- our, sure our social media today, e- have you? Are sure
1: that's not just Twitter sort of honorarily awarding it to Roger Federer as they always do? No, I thought you were just sort of assuming it would be awarded to Roger Federer as it always no, no, is. No, it,
2: it, it had already been awarded and I, I just pointed out oh, on social media look, that... Look, he's that, a great uh,
1: sportsman, but for goodness sake, did he did he give Nicholas Almagro a hug on court and physically help him up and... Carry his bag off court in Paris. This year. No, made. he blooming well didn't.
2: <laughs> anyway, I got I got absolutely hammered, as you can probably imagine, by uh, many people um, who, uh, yeah, who who made all manner of accusations in my direction. Um, but anyway, I, as as I think anybody who listened to our Roger Federer special knows, I I, I can't say enough good about him generally I do think he's a, a fantastic sport but I just and look I, I fully accept it's the players who vote for this thing I just think that it ends up being a oh who do we know best who's who's our favorite player when we were growing up and who's the most who's our favorite player to watch I don't I don't think sportsmanship comes into there their do you thinking think when Federer's
1: vote. people are fixing it no do you think there's ballot stuffing
2: no, I don't. I'm being uh, but facetious, I David. But uh, anyway, of course you are. Uh, but I don't think that... Uh, I just think... Okay, well, we'll somebody crown our else own winner then.
1: Who, who are you going for?
2: Well, it would should be Del Potro, in my opinion, as well. And 56% of the 900 votes that I cast... Uh, well, I didn't cast them. I, I I challenged people to cast them. Fifty six percent went for Del Potro against forty four percent for Federer. So um, yeah, read right. into that what you can. But I have to say, too it, it right. is noticeable. I was trying to get people to be objective, which on Twitter is a ridiculous goal. Um, but uh, I did try to get people to to vote just what they thought. And and within minutes, I, I could tell that the the numbers were being skewed by various fans coming on and and just trying to adjust the the numbers uh but there we are
1: justice will be done david at our end of season awards
2: they will of course i'm glad you get on board fine
1: balance will be restored to the universe Uh, and i believe you have uh one actually no we have two bits of any other business you uh want to give a mention to mr scott sears who's trying to do the sort of thing that makes um the rest of us plebs feel like (laughs) underachieving underachieving, yeah, uh, lazy people.
2: Scott, Scott Sears, uh, son of Nigel, uh, brother of Kim and a brother-in-law of Andy Murray. Uh, uh, Nigel Sears, uh, when we're at BT Sport in the middle of the night, quite regularly, shows me a picture of Scott Sears uh, that frankly makes me feel incredibly inferior. Uh, whether he's... Uh, he's um, you know charging through a jungle uh in his full combat gear or whether he's, he's a, having a boxing match or whatever it might be and a, he's a he's an incredible character he's 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 been in the army he's um now doing a solo trip to the south pole and trying to become the youngest man ever to do so uh, i mean quite frightening what he's doing but uh but what's anyway. he gonna
1: do when he gets there He's just going to be alone at the South Pole.
2: Just get there. That's the goal, I think. But anyway, um, so that's what he's doing. Right. Uh, And then the other thing is the Fed Cup, isn't it, Catherine? Human beings are
1: mad. Human beings are mad. Fed Cup final, yep, uh, about to get underway, uh, USA and Belarus. Um, But the very disappointing news announced earlier in the week by Victoria Azarenka that she wouldn't be able to travel. Uh, to Minsk for the final because the the custody uh, issues uh, surrounding her her son and her her, her split with um, her baby's father are continuing and she's unable to leave California which is just a desperate shame she keeps saying she hopes that um, it'll be resolved soon but I, I don't get the impression that that's entirely within her hands so. When we'll next see Victoria's ranker on a tennis court, I I don't know.
2: No. No no clue whatsoever, and it does mean Belarus in their first ever Fed Cup final are represented in the singles by Aleksandra Sasnovich and Irina Sabalenka, um, and they are up against the United States, trying to win the Fed Cup for the first time since 2000. It's a long old time, and they've got Coco Vanderwey and Sloane Stephens as singles players on their their team with Alison Risk and Shelby Rogers in the doubles, but... Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, Coco Vanderwey has put some form together recently. Sloane Stephens has not won a set since winning the US Open. And, well, and it's this is Mins- a big test, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, on paper, it's an immensely one-sided contest. But Belarus have overachieved to get here. They are the Belgium of the Fed Cup. They are uh, giant killers. Um, and I I no doubt they'll overperform, you know, re- relative to their rankings. I mean, in the final, whether that they will be able to overperform enough to beat the States, I, I don't know. But certainly, you look at the recent form of Sloane Stevens and I don't think anybody's going to put a single penny on her to win a tennis match at the moment. So it could get interesting.
2: It could. And the atmosphere at those things, and it will, I would imagine, be pretty intense in Belarus. But um, just... Uh, I love watching the Fed Cup final. I always think it's a fantastic atmosphere, a great event, and I just wish it was getting, I mean, a, a bit more attention really, and a bit more TV coverage. I, I know that you can you can watch the stream of it on the Fed Cup website, and there's various countries around the world that that are screening it. I think Tennis Channel have got it in the states, but it's going to be pretty difficult to follow in, in the UK. We, you can, like I say, you can watch it on the Fed Cup website, but it just That sort of event needs a bigger audience because it's worldwide, because it's a cracking event.
1: Agreed. Agreed, David. I think that's it. I don't think there is any other business to clean up.
2: You're on your way to the O2, aren't you?
1: I'm on my way to the O2, or I will be in a few short hours. I'm having a chat with Jamie Murray tomorrow. I bet you, I bet you he is desperate to win this title. Desperate yeah, with sure Bruno Suarez. It's been a good year for them. Um, but but nothing compared to last year where, you know, they won two slams, they they both uh achieved number one in the world individually and as a and as a pairing. They reached the semi-finals, which I think in itself was a bit of a disappointment at the O2, I mean. Um and I, I just think it would be great for them to round off the year like this. I do understand that they have already committed to one another to play together next year which is great news because they're a a lovely pairing
2: they are and uh, then Catherine and I will both be at the O2 for BBC Radio 5 Live uh, commentating on the radio so do have a listen
1: yeah tune in uh, and join us for our next tennis podcast which will be a wrap of all things O2 and uh, heavy scrutiny on our various predictions uh, so join us then. We've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, and we'll be back soon.
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.